you, sir? Uh, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, just had a had a nice bike ride through uh, some old haunts. Oh yeah, biking it up. Yeah, right right along uh, Rio Carlos, the old shitty way I used to go to uh, what that work that I started in 2015. But uh, you know, I, I was just dicking with people, ringing the bell to people on park benches who shouldn't be in the park after dark. People at their cars doing some some shady dealings. I don't know how many shady dealings you can do like under a street lamp in a Boston park out in Brighton, but whatever I was, I was ringing my bell at them. They did not like it. Speaking of ringing a bell, that didn't ring, but oh, I rang to me. Welcome to road sodas. Welcome to ring sodas. We got your rings. I'm one of your hosts, Ben Warden. I'm Jimbo Shaw. And we're here to fuck you up. Goddamn right. <laughs> so how you been, bud? I've been, I've been pretty good. I don't want to. I don't want to blame it on like the salads I've been having for lunch, but you know, I I feel moderately healthy, and maybe you know it's because I'm not as drunk this time, but like I'm still not sober. Fair enough. It's what's important. Speaking of not being sober, uh, I just saw you recently. And that was fucking cool. Speaking of also being not sober, I might get to see you again soon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's uh, some folks out of out of Waltham who need a strapping young lad to come take a look at their equipment. Now that's Waltham because I know we have a Waltham in Massachusetts. Uh so it I don't know yeah, if that's it's, the same It's the Waltham right next to Watertown. <laughs> okay, good. Good. <laughs> and that's all north of Newton and yes. and Deadham. Yeah, Newton. Yeah. Yes. Mhm. And Lexington. Yes. Which is, of course, east of uh, Worcester. Look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask who you're coming to see, because um, I know who you're coming to see. But <laughs> you might not. I haven't seen these folk before. <laughs> oh yeah, you haven't seen this folk before. Oh Fuck well, you. that, well that, yeah. Uh, well, it, when they say Waltham or Waltham, and you, your ears perk up, it's just like, well. I, uh, yeah, all right, cool. I'm going to be one town over from yeah. these guys in that apartment. Because at, at first they were like, I think it's in Weymouth. And I was like, hey, that's close enough. That's on the fucking red line, basically. Yeah, I, was, I was like, it's the other side of Boston, but whatever. I'll make it over. And uh, then they're like, oh, no, it's Waltham. I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, ride a bike. Yeah, you got your, uh, you got your stay planned out or are you sleeping on a couch? I don't, uh, it'll, it'll be a stay, I think. Uh, and I don't have anything planned out yet. Cause I need to get trained on what I'm doing first because it's completely out of anything I've done before at all. So don't worry. I'll train you. I do that shit all the time. Yeah. I don't know what we're working on, but like, yeah, I, I do it. So, so don't worry about it. You know, microscopes. Um, yes. Cool. Why not? <laughs> Give me the manual for it. And I know it. That's literally what they did. They're like, here's the manual. We need you to do a preventative maintenance routine on it. And I was like, what does that entail? Yeah. And they were like, eat mm. a dick. Give me the service manual. Oh, the service manual doesn't exist. Then put me in contact with the man who wrote this manual. Like, I got to know. Sorry. That's, that's, that's very technical. Uh, kind of low level talk for us right now. But like, that's exactly what I would do professionally. That's inside baseball for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, that is small ball. Small, small technicianing. I don't know. Are you technically an engineer? I'm a senior engineer, dude. 
it takes a lot to get that senior tag. Yeah. You got to you got to be in like literally a day in a lot of companies to get uh, the senior tag. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep, I'm senior Ben. Nice. I'm I'm just an engineer. Hell but yeah. that honestly, I was happy being a technician. Like I wanted to be like a master sergeant for the rest of my life. Engineer implies that, you know, you had some sort of degree that that was about engineering and and mine is not. Neither of us are. Yeah. Yeah. But uh I just want to come in dressed like a train engineer all the time and just wear some black and white striped overalls, like a corduroy cap. I think I think I like the denim overall with the uh, striped shirt and then striped Ooh, cap. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I, li- I like that look. But, you know, if you're shoveling coal, do what you do. Like, it's all going to end up black anyway. Dude, not cool. <laughs> not now. What I say? What I say? <laughs> Dude, you can't say that word. You can't say black. Look, I it some people see it as a color, but other people don't see it as a color and it, the definitions are insane. Uh, but I see Leonidas Polk gathering his officers on the the hillside. Oh yeah, they're about to do a forced march. Well, better sit down on the uh the old cracker box and and scrawl out some some correspondence. Fair, fair warning to the listener. Strap in for uh, I ha- I don't know what I'm going to do for the music behind this. It's going to end up being looped because Jimbo's about to read I think the longest one we've read yet, and then I'm immediately going to read one much much longer than that. <laughs> so just strap in and don't you dare comment on the audio quality, or I will. I have I have no recourse. I'll do nothing. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I uh, I got a little long-winded in mine, but you had a tale to tell, and you told it. Ah, uh, well, you know, I, I I got more I can write about that experience, but we'll we'll go into that probably in another episode. Yes. Either way, from Ben to me, and the subject is you've done it again. It was sent on July thirtieth, twenty eighteen, my thirtieth birthday. To whom it may concern. If you are receiving this, then you've done it again, my good man. Another lap. You're setting quite the pace at this rate. I'll never catch up. I hope the next decade brings you as much Zack Wild as this one, and twice as much Rob Zombie. I recently returned from my sojourn, possibly the land of Papa's ancestors. Although, if that were true, he would be the biggest among them, and surely would be crowned king. I walked the streets amongst them and tried to blend in my pockets heavy with loose tomato sauce, my crotch bulging with tubes of Parmesan, my mouth overflowing with demeaning comments about women and encouraging remarks about my own penis size and virility. Alas, they knew I was an outsider and acted accordingly by speaking to me in German and seeing how much Jaeger I could drink. The tiny quote-unquote people brought forth their champion in full plate so that we could joust like the days of old. We took our positions... And just before we healed our steeds to tilt at one another, I made a Dong Quixote joke, and it was immediately declared the victor and ruler of the region. Macedonia is a backwards-ass country that hates Albanians, loves pork, and the most expensive dinner you can find will still cost under $10 a person. You ever have to watch out for herds of vicious stray dogs at night? Truly a place for you and me. Suck down a cold one for me tonight. And I'll do the same. 
Happy birthday, my friend. Sincerely, His Highness, Ben Warden, Lord King of the bottom part of Italy, whatever that part is called, Capricorn, Kalamazoo, who cares? I, I still thank you for those salutations. That was, uh, that was one of the better ones. You know, that and, yeah, some, some gifts about uh, Talladega Nights or Ac- Anchorman, you know, usually, usually hit home really, really well. Yeah, well, I was I was still giddy from travel, and uh, the jibe about Jaeger was accurate. There, there was several times we ate at like a tiny Italian restaurant while we were there, where like the head chef, I mean, it was a place that you know it was like small town shit. So the head chef's just like a good cook. He's not like a famous guy, and uh, he came out and would just drink with us and just was pulling bottles of liquor off the shelf and just kept was like you. This guy, this guy gets Jaeger or a, a Jaeger equivalent. Was it always Jaeger or was it, it was the the licorice liqueur? Because I I got a lot of you know Jaegery type things like a like a black cherry you know type type dealy when I was in Germany. When you give them a good tip or like spend a lot of money in their restaurant, they just give you liquor in Europe. It's wild. Yeah, like getting bills with shots. Ah. This guy actually, the dude, the, the most memorable guy, gave us his phone so that we could control the music, and then he went home to change, and he did not come back. Like, he was hammered drunk, wow. got on his Vespa, was like, here's my phone so that you guys can keep listening to music. I'll be back in a bit. And then his staff was just cleaning up outside, just sweeping and shit, and we were just kind of there like, all right, um, we're done. Uh, you guys are closed. There's no more booze to drink here, but there is other places. Here's his phone. Yeah, so... Because you know. I don't want this. Yeah, Reagan just went and explained the situation to like one of the dudes sweeping, and he was like, all right, cool. And then we saw the guy a bunch after that, because it was like the restaurant next to the place we were staying. So we are just like, what's up, man? And he was like, hey. I don't know. Like, it, I don't know. it just seemed very, like a very normal interaction, but I... It was so not normal to me that I remember it clearly. Yeah, I work with a great deal of foreign people, but not Europeans, and they are all extremely friendly. And I, if we weren't th- going through a global pandemic, or at least a national pandemic, uh, I think we would be like high fiving by now, just for like getting through it. Yeah. Like once the masks come off, I think we're going to start making out with each other, <laughs> and that's gonna that's gonna be a good time. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, it's enough hesitation on my part. I'm now going to dive in to this this dissertation on fun that was Jimbo's reply begins thusly, colleague of the Jets. It is with a heavy buzz and stone conscience that I transmit these thoughts to you. My last weekend before 1.5 score was a righteous and spiritual affair. I arrived casually late to the middle of Anthrax's be-all-end-all taken in by a horde of toothless orcs shoving and bumping pasty, sweat-covered shoulders against untamed back hair. I had missed the immortal bards of Napalm Death and clever Metallica copycats of Testament. Scott Ian's gray goatee transported me back to the overriding reason for this whole excursion. I am getting old. Time to fuck some shit up before karma comes to kick my ass. The real reason was actually to see Prophets of Rage, but a European viral befell Sir M. Shadows of A7X. The end of the world, quote, was cancelled, sparing mankind for one more century of horrors, end times, apocalypse, Ragnarok, Pee Wee Herman. Three important points about this calamity. One, the tour was cancelled through Twitter. 
two days before it was about to begin on July 2nd in Mansfield, Massachusetts. Two, Three Days Grace, the tour opener, still kept their festival appearances while Prophets of Rage said, Fuck our fans. M. Shadows needs us. So you're saying the Molson-guzzling new metalheads of Three Days Grace have more loyalty to their fans than transgenre legends with decades of achievement? Three. They were replaced by... Wait for it. Chevelle. Despite the bad news, I was a committed ape at my task. I left work immediately after serving the office delicious fare of the flame grill, hot dogs, burgers, corn. I pushed that silver heap of steel and plastic third-party bumpers full tilt into early afternoon Friday traffic on 93. The only information about the drive worth noting was a sampling of Anna Nalick's Breathe on a main AM station. Really caught me off guard, and you know how I like that from time to time. Upon arriving at Paul Bunyan Campground, I quickly pitched my tent in ten minutes, assembled my bike in three, and got stopped cold by a caretaker of the facility. He wistfully spoke of driving a cab around Boston back, quote, the way it used to be. Great. He liked the socks, and I like baseball. What a shitty bond for strangers. Quote, Stephen King's house is just off of Union Street. Quote, what is your favorite of his works? Quote, uh, I don't really know. I like the movies. The main accent is a Boston accent that was raised in Missouri, got kicked in the head by a mule, and now moves a little slower with a swollen tongue and missing teeth. When he looked away, I fled. Friday night was, for a sentimental reason, a night of reminiscing and wonder. Slayer would be playing their, quote, final show in my geographic area, and I had to see it. I was not ready to lose some teeth and a couple hours of memory to some tattooed sawmill operator blowing off some steam before he heads to work third shift in Bucksport. An orange moon rose with Lamb of God minus their drummer for some not-explained, possibly Czech prison-related reason. They rocked. Amasher bumped half of my beer onto a very nice mom type with her arms folded. When the drunkards cleared out to refill their polyurethane yard glasses with lanyards attaching the booze to their fucking bodies, even babies hold bottles at some point, I moved on. I saw every one of Tommy Araya's wrinkles, counted the links in Kerry King's chain, and the girl next to me had one of Bo Staff's drumsticks get lodged in her wrist brace. I felt intense heat from the flames and was mesmerized by the backdrops. The perfect farewell needed a nice epilogue, so I biked through the misty streets of Bangor at night, pretending it was the beginning of my King short story. Saturday morning began at Nikki's Cruisin' Diner. Movie posters, 45s, a Halloween skeleton with an Elvis wig and shades. It had everything. I found all of the vulgar words in the placemat word search forwards, backwards, and diagonal before my country fried steak came. Steak, eggs, gravy, A. Home fries, C+. I picked up a six-pack and a bottle of wine for brunch at the local Hannaford. Six beers later, I'm biking to go see Power Man 5000 and trample the B-stage grounds. I made many think twice before moshing, and, seeing as this would be my last sanctioned violent behavior, left it all in the pit. I caught some Irish Nazi youth's head in the right cheek during When Worlds Collide and was spitting some blood in the line for red snap hot dogs and beer. Nirvana beset me. I found a quiet corner behind the food truck area where there were picnic tables full of tube tops and bad facial hair. I found a shady spot along a fence next to some teens. I shared cigarettes and a joint with those rascals before buying them some beers. I told them horrifying tales of my past and future crimes. I had always dreamed someone like this happened upon us in our formative years, but I am just as happy to treat others the way I would have liked to be treated. 
They didn't know COC, so I led them three rows from the stage. Lives were changed that day. I berated Trivium between songs to turn it the fuck up. I left after Black Label Society to get a spicy chicken from Wendy's. Fuck Chevelle. Sunday morning began the same except for the, quote, Redneck Benedict, replacing the CFS. I read the ring of ads on the placemat and found a political ad that promised, quote, affordable health care, more jobs, high-speed internet, property tax relief, end quote. I found a sizable city on the East Coast that would look up to Cecil County. My head splattered onto the acoustical tiles above. I picked up three sleeves of Moxie, case of fruit snacks, and all of the Pepperidge Farm I could grab at Hannaford. The Miss May I, Mosh, would be my last. I calmly read a book given to me by a co-worker on the lawn facing Stage C. Midway through the set, I stood up, put the book in my waistband, donned a bandana, and made those yokels regret waking up before 2 p.m. I left as quietly as I came. Paul Bearer and Baroness were hated by the masses and therefore loved by me. It also helped that they understood that metal should be played loud. It was the farthest east I had ever been on this continent, I will never venture any further. Still kicking, Jim Thumb. Whoo! Yeah, well, that was a that that was a long one, man. I what I felt inspired by Bangor, uh, the Impact Music Festival of 2018, which was I, I feel the last good Impact Music Festival in my eyes. It, it got too corporate after that. They really sold out. <laughs> Yeah, they did. They did. They forgot their roots. <laughs> mhm. You goddamn right about that. And so that yeah, that, that was my last one. And that you know, I haven't moshed since. Joan and I had tickets to uh Ramstein this Labor Day weekend. It was going to be great. Sunday of Labor Day weekend, you got that recovery day. Nice. And guess guess what? Global pandemic. Woo! Wait, what? No, nah, yeah, you're right. It it's Ramstein. Ramstein had other things going on. Yeah. They were too busy making tremendous music videos. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's a lot of references even in in your email that that kind of go unmentioned. Because Papa, you know, I don't think we've actually explained that he's like of Italian ancestry. Yes. And and he's, you know, he's like 5'9", but yeah, he would surely be king among them. Yeah, although uh, I didn't realize this till till he and Reagan were hanging out. Uh, I guess Papa's family is from northern Italy, and apparently that's that should be obvious due to the, his last name ending in an I. Apparently that's that's more the north thing, and then ending in an O or an A usually means southern Italy. So I think that was the sort of like the uh, is that what you learned in Italian class? No, I learned uh, that Toscano. I didn't learn that. I learned the word for. Arrivederci. For black. (laughs) Yesterday. Good for you. All right. Well, at least they're teaching you something. Oh, they're definitely teaching at me. And I'm doing my my best. And hey, I'm having a great time doing it. Yeah. I like to think that I bring a bit of levity to the class. I I definitely take the tension off anybody else struggling because. You're not going to change the way your mouth works just for some stupid language. Oh, no. I just mean I can laugh at myself. I, 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 you know, I don't pick it up quickly. I'm I'm trying, but, uh, you know, it's just not something I have a natural acumen for, which is fine. That's why I'm taking the class. Yeah, romance languages are not in your heritage. Yeah, there's there's there might be a couple other people in class that when they when they make a mistake, kind of feel bad, and then I'll make 
a bunch of mistakes and just laugh. Not because I don't care, just because like it's funny. It's I mean, it's just I'm having fun, and so right. I, I I like to think that hopefully I'm taking some of the tension out of this for for a few people. Maybe I'm just a narcissistic asshole, and I definitely am since I'm currently recording this conversation in hopes that other people will listen to it. But that's neither here nor there. What is here or there is that when you sent me that email, I remember clearly reading it and just picturing just a mat. I've never been to Bangor, but I, I built it in my head through an amalgamation of Stephen King movies. I, Cause you know, he films everything in Maine and I have been to Maine before. I think the, the it setting is the Stephen King fake Bangor. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, it, has a, a mist on Friday nights in the summer that that is eerie. We love a good mist. Yeah, we do. Well, you don't see them every day. I do. I see them every day, all day, whenever yeah. I'm home because I. Well, right now I'm staring at the fucking sun. So fuck you. <laughs> I basically live on the sun in this town right now. It's it fucking sucks. But I digress. I can't bitch about the weather on a fucking podcast. I mean, you can. People do. Not not gonna. Not gonna. That's Because fair. we have more important things to, to talk about. It's true. We have some uh, some quick tales. Yeah, this is a two-parter. I was trying... But, it's, but it's, it's the reverse of a two-part episode in that it's two things in one episode. It's two acts. And I was trying to... Th- I was trying to think of, like, a name. And by trying to think, I'm completely fabricating this whole situation. As of ten seconds ago, I've been trying to think of what would be a fun name for doing multiple small things in one episode normally we call it the main soda or the made meat this could be uh side soda what would uh, no, a flight would this be a flight of road sodas like a little sampler pl- but that's that sucks i don't want to say that's, that yeah that's a twofer that sucks this is uh no the old the old double Hey, some of our some of our stories have been kind of short and shitty, and then we just talk for a punch, which my dad fucking complained about. But like, you know what? Fuck him. He does. I guess this is his first podcast. Hey, Dad, if you're listening out there, fuck you. Yeah. So for the listener at home, I uh, briefly got to see James's parents when I was back in the homeland, and uh, they listened to a couple episodes. And his dad, I guess, uh, had never listened to a podcast before, and was basically just like, "So you guys just like tell a story." And then talk. And it doesn't have like a moral. Yeah. James is like, like, yeah. And he's like, there's no moral. It's like, no. So maybe every now and then when it's appropriate, we'll do a, uh, a John Shaw moral corner. <laughs> Honestly, there's a moral to every story we tell. And it's like, you know, have fun. We're just not going to spoon feed it to you. There's very much an implied moral in all of these, which is, I think you can hear it in our voice when we say things that we're like, Man, we barely got, like, we shouldn't have done that. We, we've we actually, most of those stories we haven't told yet because we're like, you kind of do a self-cringe. I don't like the word cringe. It's overused. But you that's the kind of feeling you get with some of the stories we have on the list where it's like, ooh, we lucked out a lot to be able to do that. Yeah, well, we haven't told a lot of those. Yeah, but we're going that's to. What, and we're going to tell them. Maybe. I don't know. I I still feel like we're in like just this weird character backstory of a stupid stupid podcast. Yeah. But our first side soda or first first double soda. So for first course of our our soda double. Hey, is, let, me, let me get a soda. Make it a double. There you go. 
I got one for you. And it is the quality of the film Backdraft. Backdraft, you say? I say Backdraft. And I think this all started over an argument about which Baldwin is the second best Baldwin. And this, I think, of course, is assuming that Alec is the first best Baldwin. Yes. Now, should we set the scene for the argument? Well, I, I think we discussed it in, in last episode. Uh, it, it had a very s- weird kitchen. Yes. Yeah. We were in the apartment that we mentioned last time that we helped our friends move into Matt and Wiggles. We went over there to take uh, hallucinogenic drugs, which we succeeded at greatly. Uh, Jimbo and I hung out with some large, sweaty dudes. We licked some salty dogs. I'm talking LSD. Wiggles more of a fun guy had himself some boomers talking hallucinogenic mushrooms to those not up on the lingo i think i think what everybody should know is that we all and i'm I'm talking like everybody in the apartment watched nature documentaries and that was important yeah well i think it's also important to mention that the fourth member who was hanging out with us at that time was matt who was just hanging out he was just uh you know maybe he had a site or something but he was not everyone is – I say this as, as a large compliment. Frequently, if it's a room full of people tripping and there's one person – there's one or, or just a few people there not tripping, it's weird. Matt doesn't make it weird. Matt doesn't make it weird at all. Matt just hung out and it was fucking great. And yeah, we watched some nature documentaries. Wiggles was in charge of what we were watching for a while and really fucked it up. Just did a bad uh, job. No. Well <laughs> – I mean, we could handle it. Well, yeah, but it was just like, this is not entertaining. Like, that one weird 80s movie he put on, it was like, this is not. Well, it wasn't an 80s movie. That was the thing. It was like a fake 80s movie. Yeah. It's like, this is a movie to watch when you're on ketamine. This is not. This is This is what you have on the background at your Coke party in your penthouse apartment. Yes. This is what you are spitballing new ideas for businesses to while completely ignoring the movie. It just has some pleasant, not even pleasant, has some like tension building tones and bright colors and then dark colors yeah well you well you got to symbolize struggle any way you can and there's not a whole lot of fucking dialogue in that movie so fuck it yeah it was weird and then we watched the caves episode of uh planet earth which is just it's just gross bugs and bat shit yeah a lot of a lot of piles of shit you gotta watch blue planet it's the fish episodes that's what you watch when you're hallucinating that and speed racer it's a no-brainer. I don't. I don't like Blue Planet. Not for me. Not a Blue Planet guy. I don't like the ocean. I don't like the water. That's fair. Yeah, land animal. I think that's rabies. Through. That's a side effect of rabies. <laughs> well, I may have it, but uh, you know, I've had it for a long time. <laughs> Here I am, eleven deep. But the conversation came up one way or another about the greatest bald. And we all just assumed, sure, Alec. Yeah, he was deep into 30 Rock, like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, uh, like really, really solid actor. But who is second best? Because, you know, they all were born around the same time. So they all tried to be actors around the same time as well. You have you have Steven, who was in, in Biodome and Usual and Suspects. Usual Suspe- yeah, yeah. We have to bury him with our hands. Well, they did. It's the worst delivered line in that he delivers that line as if he's never had it. It's like he'd never read it. Just we have to bury him with our hands. (laughs) 
Go back and watch that movie and go to that scene where they have to bury him with their hands and listen to him deliver that line. It's fucking dog shit. Yeah. Man. Something going down. Something going down in the neighborhood. Woo! Pause for, pause for ambulance. Thank you, ambulance. No idea what that's about. So the obvious choice was Alec, and then the, the second best Baldwin was Steven, but he was also in Slapshot 2. Yep. And then we found this out later. I mean, this was, this was probably like 2012 or 2013 that, that this story happened. And Haley, Haley Baldwin wasn't a thing, or Haley Bieber wasn't a thing yet, so... Correct. So we 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 didn't we didn't realize there was that X under his name, but you also got Billy Billy Baldwin. One th- one additional fact that I knew about Stephen was, uh, I think we might have briefly touched on it with the whole Campacoma thing. But I grew up going to uh, youth group related church events and things like this for the chicks, and I went to a concert one time that was. Uh, one of them Jesus concerts, Jesus festivals. It was actually the first place I had a deep fried Oreo, so I can't say it was a total waste. But I think the order of, of events for, for this particular evening was that band Thousand Foot Crutch played, and they had that, that, that one signal, throw up your rock fist if you're feeling it when I drop this. That's the sound when the rock hits. And that like kind of made it onto like shitty regular radio anyway the stage had a half pipe in front of it and they just had shitty uh presumably jesus related skateboarders and rollerbladers and bmx guys doing their thing while the band played and then after the band was done stephen baldwin came out the bmx bikers just kept on doing their shit and stephen baldwin uh preached to me and several thousand other praise kids. christ hallelujah stephen baldwin came out yeah, dude, he mentioned Polly Shore a bunch. <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta bring in the youth. He was like, back when I made Biodome. That's how you do it. It's a shitload of Biodome references. Vivolos Biodome, right? Vivolos Biochurch. <laughs> Three hundred and eighty-five days. Uh, what an idiot! I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, but <sighs> and so you have you have Andy Baldwin. Who was in Homicide, Life on the Street. I, I really appreciate that show. Uh, David Simon's precursor to The Wire, which, you know, is depressing, but but fun. Yeah. And then... Uh... And then we come to Billy Baldwin. I don't actually know any other movie he's in. Yeah, I will freely admit I wrote Billy off completely from this conversation. I was, I was firmly in the Stephen Baldwin second. Danny is... Uh... Off the radar. <laughs> and Bill and Billy. Yeah, the other two basically off the radar, but Danny's third. I think Wiggles largely agreed with me. And then you came in hard and accurately. I was like, no, it's Billy. It's clearly Billy. Because he was in Backdraft, and that movie is unstoppable. That movie has Donald Sutherland. It has Robert De Niro, Scott Glenn, Scott Kurt Russell, like, as a main character, Rebecca DeMornay, like, it. The movie is fucking stacked, and it's about fire in Chicago, and it has some of the greatest special effects you'll see. Like, I I love fires. I'm a pyromaniac, and, and this movie, if you're a pyro and you love Kurt Russell, watch it. Guess what? Rebecca Damornay does not get naked, 
but she gets naked in Risky Business. Yeah, that movie had it all. It, it really did. And the only sad part, and you know, I really, I really can't say say who it is, but like somebody dies. Somebody dies in the movie. Yeah. And now all I want to point out here is, and you just did again. It, you just did it again, and I love you for it. Is that you said backdraft is unstoppable, and then proceeded to back that up by saying why. When what happened was as soon as you said that, the three of us just started bursting out laughing because no one has ever described that movie with that. No one has ever described any movie as unstoppable before, but certainly no one has described backdraft as unstoppable. And it very much has now become a part of the lexicon of, of terminology. In fact, one time later, not soon after that at work, when James and I worked together, we worked in a, in a warehouse where we had to tag DVDs as part of the job to go out to stores. And at one point I had a box that I had to tag. And in that box was about 50 or so DVDs. And one of them was a copy of Backdraft. And another one was a copy of the Samuel L. Jackson movie. I believe it's Samuel L. Jackson. I've, I've never seen it, but uh, Unstoppable, the train movie. And I held them both up and I was like, hey, which one of these is more stoppable? And uh, not, you know, you kind of had to be there, but God damn it, I enjoyed it. Yeah. That, I mean, it's a good bit. And, you know, I stand by that statement, so it's not really a bit. It's just fact to me. Oh, it's become more true as time's gone on. <laughs> a couple years after that, I found myself at Universal Studios Florida because, you know, I like that fun. And I was walking around, and they have some framed movie posters along some of the, the fence walls they got there. And one of them was for fucking backdraft, so I had my picture taken in front of it. Just because I'll try to dig that photo up, actually. I looked like a real asshole. It was a great, excellent exhibit. I, was it Universal or Disney? I, I don't know. But there was a shitload of flame. It was, it was fucking awesome. It was Universal, but when I went that trip, uh, it, it wasn't there. It was already gone. I was going to go on it. So all, all, I, all I could do was take a picture with the poster. But I, I remember the ride as a kid. I don't know if I went on it, but when I was real little, we went to universal studios and i remember seeing the like fire fire one yeah well i gotta say they released a sequel i think it was 2019 and uh, joan actually has the the blu-ray for it and backdraft 2 the sequel to backdraft is entirely stoppable did they call it front draft <laughs> no no they did not it was backdraft 2 the sequel to backdraft it should have been called backdraft 2 front draft or like back final you gotta you got to play off part of that word. Well, that's why Fast and Furious is so popular is because that second one just like didn't play by the rules when it came to titles. Yeah. That was the only reason. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but that, that is pretty much my main argument for the unstoppable nature of the film Backdraft is, is that Billy Baldwin played a main character, the main character, in a movie that was just stacked with special effects and stars and like really delivered for a young me. And an old our yeah. our second part soda. <laughs> the uh, to stick with the theme, I'm having my second double Manhattan. There you go. And it's not because we're out of mixers. Mm-hmm. It is. I actually right. just had a. The second one was two nips of doers that I found. I didn't even know we had them. Ah, the old white label. I'm out of booze, James. I got nothing but I got gin. Another another such things. I got a I got like a handle of Di Sirono for some godforsaken reason. Yep, there it is. My, got my namesake. 
Jimbison. Jimbison yep. Irish whiskey. Yep. Very good. But now, uh, yeah. Yeah. much like this episode and myself, let's get on with the second sip. Ooh. Nice. I think Ben uh, had been living in San Francisco for a little bit, but uh, he needed to make some money because rent's a little expensive out there. You know, that, that West Coast don't spend like that East Coast. It's like a whole separate market. Mm-hmm. Some of the other side jobs I did, we'll probably talk about in an episode where we just discuss all the weird jobs we've had over our lives. But for this particular episode, I'd been just, you know, cruising the, the gig section of Craigslist, which at the time, they've kind of filtered through it a bit, but at the time it was mostly creepy porn stuff, dudes looking to take pictures of, you know, 18-year-old ladies, or Uber slash... Uh, Grubhub delivery services that like ads for those services, which was weird. But every now and then you'd find like an actual gig ad on Craigslist. And there was one where the post said part-time night goat watchman wanted. And I was like, well, I'm definitely applying for this in the city of San Francisco because there's no way this is real. And it ended up being the most thoroughly vetted for a position I think I've ever been vetted for in my entire life. And so basically what happened was I sent them an email. They responded the next day with like, yeah, come by to orientation, you know, at this time. And then uh, if you're still interested, we'll, you know, you'll give us your resume and your references and we'll go from there. And I was like, all right. And so a couple of days later on my lunch break, which was in, I was at the time I was working in South San Francisco, which is a city, three cities South of San Francisco. It's not the mm-hmm. southern part of San Francisco. It's a yeah. separate city. It's it's like half an hour drive. Anyway, I was there. I had to drive back up to San Francisco uh, to the Bayview, which is kind of a more industrial area. It's got a lot of warehouses and rail yards. And the, the goats lived on this rail yard in between some railroad tracks. They're real rough and tumble goats. And uh, me and, I don't know, maybe six other guys showed up and... They gave us uh, some paper, which the goats promptly ate several copies of and just kind of, you know, they just wanted to see if we were cool standing near goats, working around goats, if we'd ever done goats. I think they wanted us to to, to see the goats in person, to be like, these yeah. are what goats are. You got to sense them. Well, some of them, the bigger ones. You ever, you ever been to a petting zoo? <laughs> you ever have a goat nibble, kibble out of your palm for a quarter? Goats don't nibble, my dude. Goats, <laughs> goats gobble. Goats. Well, the the little goats do. I the it's ones true. in the petting zoo are always small. And I will say that was a definite benefit of going to this thing was that I'd kind of pictured petting zoo goats, and there are some full size goats that only that that top out at 60, 80 pounds. They're the size of like a medium sized dog. Uh, but some of these goats, this th- these goats were mutts because. Uh, as I as I found out, they're there just to landscape. They just eat poison oak and sticker bushes, blueberry bushes, all that stuff. The more roughage, the better. They don't like grass. They don't like – I mean, they'll eat it. They don't like uh, fruit that's bad for them because it's not fibrous enough. They'll, they'll eat tree bark. They like vines. And that's what these goats do. You, you would rent the goats. You'd, you'd hire us. We'd bring however many goats, sometimes up to 100 goats – to your to your area i'd set up some electric fencing and they'd fucking eat eat your shit Uh. and uh and because they were all mutts they were sort of whatever 
They'd buy old dairy goats that, that retired. They'd buy people who bought goats as pets and realize you can't fucking do that. And so there's this whole amalgamation of goats. And the bigger ones were about 240 pounds of just muscle. Like, they're just, they're just big fucking powerful animals. And uh, so seeing that, it's like, all right, damn. So goats get big. I did not realize that goats got that big. And these were just, I mean, I'm sure there's bigger goats, but I was still just impressed by that. The girth of a goat. Yeah, and so I, I, you know, handed him my resume and my, and I think I even had like a cover letter and my reference. I don't know. I don't. I don't believe I've ever had a reference called ever in my. I've worked for a, a few different like big corporations. I don't think they ever called a reference, uh, just because I was never working at like a. You know, like a vice president. T- I mean, like if you're not an executive or like even a ma- like high management, who gives a shit? Like if you had the job, then like on the right, re- then I've had people confirm employment. I've definitely had that, but I've never had them like call the like personal reference before. Yeah. And so for references for the goat job, I was like, well, I don't want my current employer to know that I'm doing like weird goat side shit. And I don't want my past employer to think that I have failed to the point where I'm doing weird goat shit. And it's a goat job. So my three references were my two former roommates, James and Papa, and the guy who moved into my room, Matt. I confirmed with them beforehand. I was like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'd like to put you guys as a reference. There's no way they're going to fucking call. And they all said yes. And uh, on the fucking thing, both on on the reference page and in the email I sent to them, I said, hey, I just moved out to San Francisco. All my references live on the East Coast. So if you call, definitely call before 6 our time, preferably around lunchtime our time, just because that's when that, that's business hours East Coast time. And she was like, "Great, got it." Now we can we can cut back to James. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure all that happened for you in like very late September of 2016. Yes. Because uh, I know you had texted us at some point uh, saying that, you know, you might get a call from a lady who's going to going to talk about herding goats. It's like, all right, I'm uh, I'm prepared for this one. <laughs> there's there's a great many calls that I'm not prepared for. But like you need Ben as your your shepherd. But like for goats. All right. Cool. Got it. And Monday, October 3rd, 2016. Uh, I had planned, well, I had actually not planned, but my friend had asked me, what do you want to do tonight? And I didn't really have anything going on. I, I wasn't really interested in the Monday night football game. So I was in for Zed's dead for 20 bucks at House of Blues in Boston. He was like, we can get you into the foundation room, which is like the shitty VIP club that's attached to it. That's like opium den themed. And it's a cool place to get like lost in, but it's a not cool place to like try to take a call. In. And we were seeing, I forget who opened for Zed's Dead, but that's that's when I got the call it was like 930 on October 3rd, while I was I was probably an hour and a half into to rolling on some Molly. And I get a call, my 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 pockets buzzing with a with like a San Francisco. No, I think it was a 415. And I take the call out on the balcony of the foundation room. She was like, hi, uh, you know, this is so-and-so. Uh, I'm calling in reference to Benjamin Warden. I was like, yeah, yeah, all right, I, I know him. She was like, yeah, uh, so so he listed you as a reference for, for a job about 
uh, hurting goats. So, you know, is now a good time to talk? It's like, yeah, whatever. You know, the, the opener is just going on. <laughs> fuck, fuck you. <laughs> and she was like, well, how, how do you know Ben? And I was like, well, he's one of like my best friends in the world. And she was like, oh, uh, are you? Are you sure you would be like a you know good reference? And I was like, well, he's worth being like a good friend to, so yeah. <laughs> and she proceeded to describe the job that that Ben would be doing, and I was like, well, have you met Ben? Like seriously, have you met Ben yet, or are you just calling? And she was like, no, I haven't met. I'm supposed to meet him at some point this week. And I was like, well, you'll know once you meet him, like that he's he's like a great a. I think what you want is a security guard or somebody who can at least be a security guard for these goats. He's six foot four, like over 200, like he can handle himself, but he's also like a salesman. So he can, he can steer people away from the goats. Like, don't worry. He's got, he's got both going for him. He's got size and, and gregariosity. And she was like, huh. All right. Uh, that, that I guess is all I needed to hear. Thank you very much. And we, you know, we, we hung up cordially. And from what I understand, she did not call the other two references because I, I asked them and I lived with them and they were like, we did not get calls. <laughs> she was like, well, you know, I said, I see that it says next to his name, don't call after this time, but I did. And I got the, either the greatest reference or, or the strangest reference. Yeah. Just like a dude, like you know, like really, really on the edge of like a nice Molly roll, and and just like, yeah, you're talking about one of my best friends. Like, what, what do you want? <laughs> you want to give him a job? Why haven't you given him that job yet? I didn't find out that they called you for like until I'd been working there for a couple of months. Like, I, I was just like, oh, I guess they never. Because like, I just. Like all my past jobs, I just assumed they hadn't called my references. And then you brought – you and Papa came out to visit and you brought it up. And I was like, wait, they called? Like they f- actually called? They called one of us. Yeah. And uh, by that time, I'd gotten a field promotion to uh, – well, what had happened was uh, – I so I was the night – I did the second shift. Night Goat Watchman was a little – it wasn't too accurate because I did, I did second shift, which would start around three or four and go to midnight or one. And basically the job was there's an electric fence set up around the goats right in the city in different spots around the city. And so th- this was the, the first spot where, where this, this event happened. So basically she was like, you, you can take a nap in the truck just like every hour, wake up, walk around, make sure that uh, the fence is still intact. And when, uh, when the sun's up, make sure nobody grabs the electric fence. I was more there to prevent in the, in the daytime kids from grabbing it. And at, in, in the nighttime, from drunk people from grabbing the fence. And I'm also, I was also there to prevent at all times of day from uh, European tourists from throwing salad at the goats. Hmm. I, I still have no explanation for this, but this episode of road sodas is brought to you by the European salad throwing at goat club of San Francisco. Yeah. Like part of my job was to make sure people didn't throw food in there because one, a lot of that food, like I said earlier, they, they can't eat fruits and, and most vegetables because it's not fibrous enough. They need extreme amounts of fiber. Uh, but two, they're there to eat. That's their whole task is to eat what's what's growing there. So to throw in additional food 
completely negates their whole business. Well, they're not getting paid. They're getting paid in whatever they can eat. And guess what? They'll eat whatever's in front of them. So fuck you. <laughs> exactly. And for whatever reason, it was always like, you know, like a German couple or like a fucking Norwegian couple walking around and being like, oh, yeah, if we had half of the salad left and if we saw it, we see the goats and we think maybe they're hungry. We think maybe they live here all the time. Maybe this is a permanent goat setup in San Francisco. And perhaps that is why it is this dinky little electric fence with a, with, with a hairy man in a truck looking after them. And so we we throw the tomato and we take we take the lettuce. We have two types of lettuce because we are healthy because we are we are from Northern Europe, and we throw both kinds of lettuce right at the goats, and then they fight over it and they clang their heads and it's a very it's exciting, and it gets the blood pumping. And then we walk off into the night and you never see us again. And we don't even take pictures because we are European. <laughs> but that's all. I never once was it a person from North America. Or any other part of the world who was throwing food. It was always someone from your... This happens all the time where we live. It happens only, only momentarily. Yeah. And they, it was always salad. Yeah. Well, they're, they're not right. Well... They knew goats. Let's see. They knew goats. We're coming up on the end of time, so I'll just give this one story. We'll get to more of the goat stories later, because I know y'all want to hear it. But th- what happened this particular night, I... I had left work at one in the morning and uh, it was close enough that I would walk. I had a car at the time. I obviously had a bike, but it was like, I don't know, two miles away. And so I was just like, fuck it. I'll walk. And so the next day I was scheduled to go in, I believe at 4 PM on a Sunday and they were uh, going to pack them up on Monday. It was the last day of them eating And What I did not know at the time is that the last day at a job site is the highest chance of an escape. And that is because goats are content where they are if there's food. If there isn't food, they will leave. They will just leave. And again, the fence is more for the people. It's not It's not that it's more for the people. The fence isn't to shock people. The fence is an irritant to the goats. It It lets them know they shouldn't go there. It's an irritant to people, too. Yeah, it, it really doesn't affect the goats much. They got fur and thick skin. They're fucking goats, and it's a, it's a fucking electric fence. It's And it, and it, we're plugging it in. It's not like it's a fucking, like, cow electric fence. It's portable. So I get to call it three. So I'm, I'm just about to leave anyway because it's a two-mile walk, and I, I, I like to, you know, I, I never took a direct route there because I was still exploring the city. So I kind of wander and you know, kind of ambled my way over just sort of an aimless path. And I get this call around three. It's like, Hey, 45 of the 50 goats got out. Can you come in early? <laughs> now I was just like, Oh shit. Yes. And so I'm in boots and work clothes, just like thick, warm stuff that I can get gross. And so I fucking jog, jog down there. Uh, I don't know why I didn't decide to drive. It's not like I'm drinking at this event. I just sort of, I think it was just in my head. I was like, I walk to this, so I must now still walk to this. Well, I mean, like, the goats got out. Like, half of the goats got out. So you needed to maybe wrangle a goat with on your way. Like, if you were walking on your way and you saw a goat, you'd be like, uh, that's, that's one of them. Yeah. So I pull up, or I, I walk up. And it's in the middle of uh, the Mountain View, no, not Mountain View, the Mount, the, 
lone ma- the like the mountain campus or whatever. It's basically uh, in between. It's north of the Panhandle and the Richmond, if you want to look at it on the map. It's in the middle of goddamn San Francisco. It's like just a fucking neighborhood. It's not really a downtown. There's not, not a lot of businesses around. It's just a hill next to UCSF or USF, not UCSF. I think it's just the University of San Francisco. Right in the middle of the fucking city in a neighborhood. And there are 45 goats just on on the street. They're eating people's flowers on their planter boxes on their doorstep. If if any of you have never been to San Francisco and you've seen uh, Full House, there's that intro where they have the painted ladies, those 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 buildings all in a row. Not all the ha- houses in San Francisco are that ornate, but they are all built like that, where they're they're all butted up against each other. There's no alleys in between the houses. There, it's all so the goats have nowhere to go other than the street and people's front stoops, and so they go there, and so they're on front stoops, they're eating shit. And I come running up and I got, I got my little beanie on that they gave me that says the name of the company that I won't say. Not that they did anything wrong. They were a great company to work for. Yeah, they really vet their references. <laughs> As I'm jogging up, the woman who was, was also had been called in to help, uh, was halfway up the hill, like grabbing a bunch of, of the goats and was like, thank God, grab the big ones. <laughs> And the reason she said that was the kid who was who was working the ship before me was this kid. I think his name was Billy. Doesn't really matter. He's never going to hear it. And I think Billy was legitimately involved in a fight club. He would show up with fresh bruises constantly. I didn't ask. He seemed like a jovial young man, but he was very tiny. And these big-ass goats are just fucking everywhere. And so I, uh, you know, they pulled the fence back up. But the goats that were raised on the farm, all you have to do is grab a big goat, ideally the alpha, and drag it back into the pen, and the, and the farm goats will follow it. The hand-raised goats, the ones raised by just people in their homes, they're just off doing their own thing. So the ones that could be picked up were picked up. The other ones, you just had to tire out. So I got dragged up and down this steep hill by some fucking 240-pound goats for a couple of hours until they got tired out, and then you just fucking drag them back, and you kind of have to guide them like a reverse outboard motor and so so goats don't kick like a horse or a donkey see so you walk up behind them and you grab them by the back leg and then you grab their collar because they all had collars and then the, the hand that had the back leg you let go of that and you grab their horn and you steer them with the horn like an outboard motor except in the front so you just kind of you keep kind of gently kneeing them in the butt and get them to go forward if you can't pick them up that's way the fuck easier i mean like goats are known for their stubbornness not as much as donkeys but I give him, I give him an A minus, and uh, yes, I got my ass kicked all over, and I found it. I got a field promotion from goat watchman to goat herd. Which look it up, it's a word. Shepherd is just a sheep herd minus an E for some reason. But uh, yeah, that was my, like my third day of that job, and I worked there for months. So I, I got a lot more stories uh, about that that we'll get to. Some maybe James doesn't even know. Who can say? But we've gone long. I'm not upset about it, but I think it's time we head straight into our segment. This week's segment, we have our first non-ironic fan email. Yeah, shout out to uh, to Matt, our man up at VSC in, in Vermont. You guys are doing God's work out there, taking Topo, all the features and, and things that Vermont has to offer in as far as surveying goes. So yeah. really, really, really good uh, references to... Uh, South Jersey and and Scrapple. Oh, don't uh, worry. I'm going to read the whole damn email, but I just want to say uh, 
I very much enjoyed the like half hour period where I thought it was just a complete stranger who wrote in. Not that I'm not. I mean, I'm still. I'm. I'm honored to have anyone write in. Uh, but for a brief moment, I was like, "Holy shit! It's some dude who doesn't know us." But uh, very cool that you do know one of us, and thank you for writing in. Uh, and so this this is what uh, this is what Matt wrote. Matt writes, "Dear comrades." I grew up spending summers at my grandparents' place in South Jersey, and Haberset Scrapple was commonplace at the breakfast table on the weekends. Grandma would fry it up crispy on the outside and mushy on the inside, just the way Ben likes it. Goddamn right she did. Scrapple is hard to come by in Vermont, but I found one supermarket that regularly sells Jones Dairy Farm Scrapple out of Wisconsin. It's decent, but it ain't Haberset. I like to fry it, then break it up in the pan and crack some eggs on top and scramble the whole thing. I call it scrappled eggs. My wife won't even look at scrapple, but I've turned both of my kids onto it, which is a parenting win, in my opinion. Parenthetically yours, Matt from Vermont. Now, Matt, I gotta say, I'm not surprised to hear that scrapple comes out of Wisconsin, or, that, you know, A-type, but uh, I can uh, easily say that I did not know that that. For like for a fact that there was a brand out of Wisconsin that that's 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 good to know and it gives me hope that maybe I can find some out here. And Matt, you got a brick of rapa coming to you because I got a brick of rapa in my freezer that I'm not willing to thaw pretty much to eat. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, if you want to write into us like Matt did, uh, you can do that at roadsodaspod at gmail you know, if you don't want it read, let us know. Otherwise, you know, we'll probably read it. But you can ask us something. We've asked a few things. If you can guess the, the intro slash outro song, that's a fun thing. It's a song everybody knows, but no one knows the fucking name or words to it. Well, most of us don't. I mean, we do. But, uh, yeah, you know, tell, let, let me know what you're doing while you're listening to it. We record these ahead of time, but we, we broke 100 uh, downloads, 100 listens, uh, a couple weeks ago, and that was extremely cool. So, so thank you guys. It's it is really cool knowing that people might actually enjoy this. I know we're not you know breaking new grounds as far as uh, hard hitting discussions, but it makes me happy to know that you know maybe people are also having a good time listening to to some dumb shit. But yeah, definitely. Also, Road Sodas Pod on uh, Instagram. I just cut off James also saying thanks. No, you didn't. <laughs> Whoops. No, no, you absolutely did not. Uh, I, I was, I was gonna say something inane. So, road sodas at Instagram or road sodas pod at gmail dot com. Yep, road sodas pod for both. Maybe eventually we'll make another account, but those are the only social medias I do. But yeah, thanks again for listening. Tell some friends. I believe James prepared a, a parting message for all our dear listeners. Yeah, so I, I recently read this, uh, this book. And, you know, there there were some excellent, excellent ideals espoused in it. And uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to say them. Beautiful. And as we say every week, go fuck yourself. God fuck us, everyone. <laughs>